first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, courses, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about how managing our money can be made simple. You know, as Christians, God has called us to manage our money well and to be good stewards of that money, being responsible with the gifts that he has given us and extending that blessing to others is pleasing to God. So we are inviting him into our financial planning and goal setting, and that is a key component to our financial success. So many of us, however, struggle in the area of money management and finances. It's not that we necessarily intentionally intend to do that, but it can be easy to overspend and get caught up in having the latest stuff. And then before you know it, you're in debt, panicked and looking for a way out. Well, our guests today, Bob and Linda Loddick, authors of the book Simple Money, Rich Life, are here to help us see that money doesn't have to be complicated or overwhelming. It can actually be made simple. They will show us that we don't have to be financial experts to be successful with our finances. Bob and Linda Loddick have spent the last 15 years helping millions discover true financial freedom with their award-winning blog, Seedtime.com, and Seedtime Money Podcast. Unlike most financial experts, they lead with grace over judgment and focus on creating hope while washing away the shame that so many carry with money. In their book, Simple Money, Rich Life, they share practical steps to save and earn more money in order to fund your God-given purpose and dreams. Please welcome Bob and Linda. Ellen, we are so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Mm -hmm. Such an honor. Thank you so much for joining us today. When I got your book, I was like, I know our audience is going to love this because who doesn't want to make money management simple? So I think people are going to be super excited. Well, as I mentioned, your book is called Simple Money, Rich Life, and Mm -hmm. most people are not used to money being simple. So how do you (laughs) make it simple? (laughs) Yeah, well... I happen to have worked in the financial service industry for about 10 years or so before I became professional digital media person, YouTuber, podcaster Mm -hmm. thing that we all do now. Uh, And so I worked in that industry for long enough to realize that the industry, for whatever reason, wants us all to believe that it needs to be complicated. Like the industry thrives on us all believing that money is too hard to figure out and that you got to be like this accountant or this Mm -hmm. have a finance degree or something like that. And the reality is, especially as believers, when we do it God's way, um, it can be simple. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be complicated. And so part of the, you know, our mission, what we communicate and the reason we wrote this book is we wanted to write one book, like I've read nearly a hundred financial books at this point. I wanted to write one book that um, anyone, you know, could read 
especially people who have no interest in reading a money book. Mm -hmm. And that book would set them up for the rest of their life. Um, So you don't need to read dozens of money books. You don't need to get a finance degree. You just need to get a few things right. And then your whole life can be set from there. And Mm -hmm. that's what we're after. That's what we're trying to help people do. Yeah. And Bob is really like, he's, he loves talking about all things financial and spreadsheets and all that stuff. And I am not like that. Like, <laughs> I'm a little bit more like it, it confuses me. I just get lost in it and I'd rather go shopping or something. So, I mean, what's been really helpful is that he's been able to boil down things that are easy enough for me to understand and that I could take it myself and run with it. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of been our mission is like, if if this is not your natural talent, like <laughs> how can we make it so that people are can not get lost in it and not hate it the entire time, right? Well, Go yeah, because that's the thing. Money affects all of us. Like we all yes. have to deal with it. So why is it that all of the money books are super complicated, super boring? <laughs> you know, right. it's like, so anyway, that was our goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You guys make such a great team. <laughs> I'm more with I'm more with you, Linda. Though <laughs> I definitely I know how to run a spreadsheet, but just the whole money thing can yeah. tend to feel a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. So, what's the simplest thing that listeners can do to get started changing their financial life, even today? Yeah. Um, well, I think realizing that uh, most of us don't receive a good financial education. Okay, so like we go through school and I mean, maybe our parents have taught us something, but like a lot of our education comes from places where maybe it shouldn't of the, well, you have to have a credit card and you want to have some debt on your credit card because that'll give you a good credit score. I mean, (laughs) okay, like it's like we're getting information like that or our financial education is like, well, you have to have things and if you can't afford it, then you can just get a loan and you can get credit and you can... You know, like that's our financial education so well, yeah, that you can have what you want banks. and look a certain way, right? Yeah. Or for some people, like the financial education is coming from uh, Instagrammers that we're watching. Right. So even though they might not be trying to teach us about money, like we're learning things about money from them right. and how to spend and how to evaluate purchasing decisions from right. people who have no business teaching us about money. And you know? I think that being uh, the first like... Oh, okay. Actually, I I couldn't I can get better at this without um like like I can get an education about this that will be easy, not that big of a deal and make much better decisions really quickly. Um so that's like the first element to it, but like the other thing we talk about is uh there is such a huge god component in this. And I think oftentimes people do one or the other. They'll either just pray about their finances and that's it. They won't try and seek any wisdom about it, which by the way, the Bible is chock full of. So they'll they'll do that one piece of it is just pray and hope everything works out. Or they'll just read every financial book that they can, you know. But really, like these two together is where you will see God do so much because your eyes are open to the the difficulties that lie ahead of you, right? But also you're you're uh you're believing him and you're watching him work things out on your behalf where 
you might not have ever seen that before um if you hadn't been paying attention to kind of what was going on does that make sense so i yes. to me that's that's the thing is realizing that these two things to working together are so powerful that as believers like we have such a uh like we have such a heads up we have such a leg up on the Unfair competition advantage. yeah absolutely because like, we have the opportunity to do to do some of the practical stuff like okay i'm going to try to spend less money than i earn but then also to invite god into that equation and so that he can do the supernatural yeah you know what yes. i mean and so like that's the powers when you pair those two together the natural and the spiritual so that you get the supernatural yep Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I have a dear friend who became a widow when she was like 50. And I saw both of those components at work. She was so diligent about trying to, you know, learn about finances, but at the same time, praying over and over again, it was amazing to see God's faithfulness during that time. Yeah. You tell readers that they don't have to be financial experts to be successful with their finances. How do they go about doing that? Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBTPODCAST, that's CBTPODCAST, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Yeah. So, um... You know, and this kind of ties back into the previous question, um, just this idea of getting started. Uh, like one of the things that we're always encouraging people to do is to simply pay attention to what's going on with your money, because it, it sounds so simple, but there's so many of us, because finances have become so much more complicated than, you know, when both you and I, Ellen, were kids, like it was a very different world, like where right. pretty much everything was cash and then or maybe checks. a check, yeah. you know, yes. and it was really easy and clear to see what was going on. But now in an era of PayPal and multiple credit cards and bank accounts and Venmo and like all this stuff, it's like all these pieces are moving everywhere and it's really hard to see what's going mm-hmm. on. And when you don't know what's actually going on, it's hard to spot the problems, it's hard to spot the trouble spots. And so being able to have a holistic picture and actually know how much you spend each month on grocery groceries or how much you spend uh, ordering food out or going out each week. Like that is incredibly powerful information. Mm-hmm. Um, we were coaching this one uh, couple who uh, this like blew my mind, <laughs> but they, they came to us cause they were in a really tight spot and they're like, all right, I think we need to sell our house. Like they were getting ready to move out of their house and find a new place, cheaper rent because they couldn't afford their current situation that they were in. And so we coached them and we said, here, use this app um, in which we can get into in a minute more of the details on this. I said, use this app, go in there and use it. 
uh, and it's going to tell you how much you've spent the last month on all these different things. And I want you to go through, do this exercise, take you 15 minutes. And uh, in the Is report, it the back last to month us. or the last three months? Yeah, we looked at the last three months for them. Okay. And so they went and did it. And um, they, yeah. yeah, they came back like a week later. We reached back out and said, Hey, did you find anything? And, um, and we had asked them, like, How much do you think you spend eating out each month? And they said $200, like with a whole lot of confidence, $200 is what we eat out each month. That's how much we spend. So they do this exercise, then come back and they said, um, you know what? We found out that we actually have been spending $800 per month eating out. Wow. And, and so they were floored. But what was so great about That's that? A $600 difference, you know? Yeah, like they were wow. off by that much. And they're smart people. It's not right. like, you know, it's, right. but that's the point is that so many of us don't know and we think we know. Right. And in their case, like it wasn't just, oh, don't go out to eat ever, ever again. Like it's not necessarily that, but it gives them the option of do we want to continue eating out $800 a month or do we want to stay in our house? Now right. you have that option and now you, you get to decide. make that decision. Mm -hmm. And so that's incredibly powerful just from knowing what's going on. Yeah. Ugh. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. And even small things, right, can add up. Like if you get a cup of coffee a day out, that yeah. can yep. just over time. It's amazing up. how quickly it adds up. And, and again, we're not the ones that tell you not to get coffee, but yeah. I want you to be able to make the decision for yourself. Like right. if that's important to you, Which, then okay. It, it's so powerful when you have that information, because what, what you think it's going to do is restrict you. And I think that's what we've discovered through this is it's actually really empowering to go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was wasting all that money on that thing that I don't even care much about. Yep. I would so much rather, you know, save for a new car or, you know, maybe you would rather go out for coffee every single day and you can lower your car payment or, I mean, whatever the thing is, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's not anyone else's decision to make, but when you have your own information about what you're actually spending on, it's like it opens the door to freedom, which is yeah. so exciting and empowering. Right. right. It sounds so yeah. similar to the analogy of Christ, right? Some people think following Christ is just too restricting, <laughs> yeah. but in essence, exactly. It's the freedom that you're gaining. It's oh, the freedom. It's true freedom. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, you say that uh, you don't actually have to try and spend less money, but you just have to pay attention. Yes. Kind of like what you were just saying. Do you have any suggestions for, um, you know, maybe someone who's not as tech savvy to figure out how they're spending that money? Like, yep. you know, you mentioned, are they looking at bank statements or how are they pulling that information? Yeah. Yeah. So there's two primary ways that we recommend. So the first one is very old school. Anybody can do it. Um, but it's literally just, just like you would keep a food journal of everything that you eat and you're writing down everything you're spending. And the science behind this is that when you do this, like you are basically guaranteed <laughs> to spend less money. <laughs> and so, and it's the same thing. Like I remember doing a food journal, you know, with the nutritionist. And as soon as I start writing everything down, like you Ooh. instantly just start eating better because you're writing it down. Yeah. And it's the same way with your yeah. money. And there's a, a law called uh, Pearson's law where it states when performance is measured, performance is improved. Mm -hmm. And so anything, anytime you're measuring the performance of anything, just the mere fact that you're measuring it causes it to improve. And so it's the same way with our spending. If we just are simply writing down everything that we do on paper or in the notes app on your phone, whatever, 
um, you will spend less money. And so that right there is one simple way to do it. Um, my preference actually is an app called Personal Capital. And so it's a website you can go to um, and it's a free app you can use and you can go in there, plug in your bank accounts or credit cards and you can go back within five minutes and see the last three months of your spending and see exactly how much you've spent on groceries, eating out, any of these different things. And so it's just a really, really powerful tool. Um, and we actually have a tutorial on our website kind of how to use the app to do that. Um, if anybody's interested, like, I don't know if that's something we throw in the show notes or something like oh, that. Oh, yes, but, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. I find that so fascinating because to me, that's one of the areas I feel like that I would always get bogged down in is trying to figure out the transactions and like, yes. so, the, so the app probably does a good job of so it do, yeah, help, it does it like, all for you. assigns it for you. Wow. It's, it assigns it for you. It's not going to get it all right. You got to fix mm -hmm. some of them, you know, right. like, or mm -hmm. Amazon where it's like, I'm not really sure what this is, you know, but in general, um, you know, it gives you such a huge head start and it'll just it's a great way to just start paying attention to what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, the tutorial, the link is just seedtime.com slash cash flow. Um, and so for anybody who wants to check that out, like it's just a free video I put up there showing you how to use that. And so if that's helpful for anyone. Ooh, yes, that's awesome. Well, you, you also say that strategically picking hobbies can have a long-term impact on your financial health. How have you seen that play out in different people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, you want to tell some stories about me? Linda finds this to be pretty I mean, funny. <laughs> I thought that was such a funny thing when he first wrote that. I was like, uh, I, like Bob's whole thing is about efficiency. Like he just wants to be as efficient as possible. So he's going to pick his hobbies strategically. I'm like, not everyone has that luxury. Like some people just want to play tennis, you know? So, but um, I, I mean, I think the point that he was getting across is that maybe there's something that you're already interested in doing that you could use a little creativity and it will um yield much better fruit in your life right yeah so go ahead i mean and i think the thing for me is it just dawned on me that i had certain hobbies that i was doing and participating in and really spending hundreds or thousands of dollars a year on that i'm like do i really enjoy this or is it just the thing i've always done you right. know what i mean and and it's at one point in my life, golf was one of those things. It's like spending a lot of money on golf. And I'm like, it's okay. But I honestly, I like tennis just as much. And tennis is really, really cheap and it's better yeah. exercise. And so like when I kind of evaluate through that lens of is this hobby yielding anything? Or maybe it's like, yeah, collecting um, thimbles or whatever the <laughs> thing might be, collecting stamps, you know, and if that's something you really, really love, but but if it's something you've just done and your parents have always done and you just continue to do it because it's just the thing you do, it's like, I don't know, it's a question worth asking. Like, right. you know, like we can pick our hobbies and it's like, and I think it's okay to lean into our God given desires and things like that. I'm not saying anything, I mean, we shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying from a financial perspective, it was helpful for me because I ended up saving a lot of money. Um, you know, even like I used to be a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan and I, and I still like them, but but I began questioning, it's like, all right, there's 162 baseball games per year at three hours each. How many of my hours am I trading <laughs> to watch the Cardinals? And it's like, it's great. It's a fun, entertaining thing. But like, what could I do with that? Whatever, 500 mm -hmm. plus hours per year, if I weren't devoting it to that, 
Like, and, and once I started thinking through that lens, it's like, ah, okay. I should maybe at least, maybe not watch 162 games. Maybe I just watch one or two games a month, you know? So yeah. anyway, that's kind half. of the point. If you only yeah. watch half the games, it's like you're still saving yeah. a whole lot of time. Yeah. Oh, that's really, Funny. that's that's so interesting. I, I guess I, that's something I hadn't thought of either is about hobbies. I, I really feel like some hobbies too are can be like totally addicting. <laughs> the reason yeah. I say that <laughs> is because I really like to do art, mixed media art mm -hmm. and scrapbooking yeah. and all these things. And finally, I had to tell myself, you need to start working with what you have. So I literally, I'll make yeah. a bin and I'll, I'll grab all these different things, put it in the bin and I'll say, you can make something with what you already have. Yep. And then that actually gets my creative juices kind of flowing even more because you watch or for me, when I watch art videos and this and that, I see all these, you know, yeah. great, great products. Well, and yeah. And there's so many things like that yeah. because we're in an era where there's so many things to buy, like for everything. And you Hobbit, can have it immediately. And you can get it right yes. away. And you see all these YouTubers who are showing, oh, this is the newest, coolest thing. So you got to buy this. And yeah, um, it's like this with camera gear or anything. Like there's no limit. There's no end. And into your point of it, um, you know, advancing your creativity. Like I remember reading this book where the entire premise of the book was about if you want to expand your creativity, limit your resources. And, and that is a thing that actually expands your creativity. Yeah. And so there's so much power in that, like drawing some lines, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, tell us about how you paid off your house in three years and what advice can you <sighs> give to others who are trying to do that? Yeah. You oh, want to start boy. this one? Yeah, this is a good one. Um, so we, you know, when we bought our house, we had been married, what? But three years, five, I think five, four. closer to five. It's 2009, four. Okay, four, four years. years. <laughs> Get down the numbers, guy. <laughs> four years into our marriage. At this point, when, honestly, when we first got married, we started paying off our debt. Like, and we, we gave it everything we had. We, we were, were very broke. We were very broke. Very low incomes. We were not making a lot of money. Um, and so we, but we, we started this system of like praying for God to do something and doing the best we could with what we had. Yeah. Um, and one, one other point I'll make there along these lines is that the key here is that when you're doing the best you have in many of the situations, it's not enough, but that's yes. where God shines yeah. is when it's not enough, but you're trying anyway. And then you're praying and expecting God to step in. Yeah. That's my side note. So, um, so, we, so, so it's actually Bob, like, I think you should kind of pick it up. So he was praying about paying off our house because we had at that point paid off our debt. We had, uh, you had student loans, yeah. we had car loans, and we had been living in an apartment to save more money to try and, you know, have as small of a payment as we possibly could. So once we got out of those debts, we were like, all right, let's buy a house now. So we buy this house and we're like, let's pay this thing off as fast as we can. So, Which first of all is like, who pays off their house? Like we, we, I mean, we were floored that we were even thinking that way because everyone I knew, it was like they had been in that house for 20 to 30 years, you know? Still and, making payments. So like that, and that's... they were in their they were at least in their fifties. Like they they at least had kids out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. 
in my mind, this wasn't possible for someone in like their us. 30s. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, this wasn't modeled for us. Like, we didn't see a lot of people around us paying off their house right. early. Um, but so, so somehow. just having a conversation was pretty wild But, for us. you know, and this is the power of belief and um, expectation and thinking outside of your box. Because there are no limits with God. And, and this was so powerful. And I mean, this has been my encouragement to Amy listening is like, it's easy to just sit there and like dismiss this. Oh, we can never pay off our house. Like we couldn't in our own strength either, right. but God did. And, and that's a thing. But it, like, if you don't get to that place of even praying, you know, Ephesians uh, 3.20 says, he'll do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond mm -hmm. all we can ask, think, or imagine yeah. in the Amplified. And so it's like, we're the ones who are limiting God in so many cases here in so many different ways. Yeah. But Anyway, to this story, so we, we had paid off all the other stuff, student loans, car loans, credit cards, and like it was fantastic because now we had so much extra cash each month. And so we were putting that towards our mortgage and racing towards paying that off as fast as we could. And in that, I'm a uh, typical microwave American in some ways where it's like, <laughs> I want it faster. And so I remember going out and praying in this field near our house. And, and I specifically went out to pray and I was asking God to help us pay off our mortgage faster. And like my plan, because I am a spreadsheet guy, I had a spreadsheet and it was going to be paid off in about three or four years, which most people are like, that's amazing. Like, why right. isn't that fast enough for you? <laughs> so this was, this was about two years in, right? Yeah, I this think was this 2011 or something like that. Yeah. Um, about 10 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, so I'm up there praying, God, can you help us pay this thing off faster? And as I'm praying, um, one of the clearest things I've ever felt God speak to my heart, not an audible voice, unfortunately, but like really clear in my heart. I felt like you said, if you really want to see me move on your finances, I want you to begin giving your age as a percentage of your income. And so I stopped in my tracks. I started scratching my head. I looked up to the sky like Truman from Truman Show a little bit, like, <laughs> what is that? Like, what, where did this even come from? And um, I was 31 at that point. And so I'm like, all right, so this means going from giving probably 11%, I think we were at the time to 31%, like huge increase. Mm. And, and so anyway, so I'm starting to run numbers in my head, like, can we even do this? Are we gonna be able to buy groceries? Like, is this even going to work out? And then my next thought is, God, I just came to you asking us to get our house paid off. And now you want us to give all of our money away. And so now our, it's going to take like 10 years to give it, you know, to get to this house paid house. off. Yeah. I'm like, this is kind of feels like a mean trick. You know, it's like, I, <laughs> anyway, I didn't come up here asking to give more. I came up here to ask to get our house paid off. To get more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and anyway, so I went back and talked to Linda and, you know, I just remember you saying, like you got on board really fast. I got on board. I'm the kind of person who kind of likes adventure. And so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, but also like when you think about it, if the Lord's asking you to do something, you can like, like the other thing you can do is go, okay, I will give you what I have, but I can't, I can't give you what I don't have. So like we can do this for as long as we can do it. Like you're going to have to provide enough money for us to be able to live and pay our bills and then also be able to give. 31% of our income, which it was at the time. Yeah. And, you know, so we kind of were like, all right, we'll say yes. And then we'll just see what happens. Like, let's do this for three months and see what happens. Like, let's reevaluate yeah. in three months. This isn't a forever thing. We can do this for a short period of time and then reevaluate. So that month we began, you know, setting out on our journey of giving 31% of our income. <laughs> 
And uh, and so I went back to my spreadsheet and kind of calculated it all up. And it's like, yep, it's going to take about 10 years now. And But I'm like, listen, I'm going to obey the Lord. I'm going to follow him. I'll lay down my ambitions of getting our house paid off. Yeah. And the cool, fantastic, amazing God thing in this is that 10 months later, not 10 years later, but 10 months later, that house was paid in full. Um, and to this day, like I, I still can't tell you exactly how it happened because there were loaves and fishes type things where money was just coming in. Um, like the business started thriving in certain I ways, mean, like just multiple things, like all, it was like, God was saying, you obeyed me now watch what I can do. Yeah. Aww. Like God's math is not the same as our human math. And that's why it's like, it didn't make any sense. It should not have worked that way. It was literally just an act of obedience. We said yes to, and then we saw him completely move on our behalf. And I mean, like it's sold us. We're kind of like, whatever, whatever you want us to do now, because yeah. like we've seen how he has fought our battles for us just by us following him, you know? Yeah. Yes, for sure. And honestly, that's what I thought was so different and unique about your guys's book is just the giving part and how yeah how important that is how we need to trust God with that and yeah and then just see what happens um do you have any tips for people that are listening that would make giving easier or more fun yeah oh yeah we do so many do you want to start sure um should, I'm I'm trying to think of where to even start. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that we did, we, um, I think just this idea of budgeting for giving, yeah, and and making this a priority. So, like at the beginning of every month, like we set aside a certain amount of month money. It goes into a, an account that we call our seed account, and um, once it's in there, it's no longer for us. Yeah, it's to be given away. And so once money is in that account, it's sitting there. And now what happens, like, this is the thing where it's like, it's easy to listen to this and be like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But like, this was a game changer because mm-hmm. now throughout the month, that money's sitting there like, all right, where do you want us to spend this? Right. Who do you want us to give this to? Who do you want us to bless? And it has made giving so much fun for yeah. both of us, right? Yes. Well, and I, like, we just were talking about this a couple of weeks ago about that, that scripture that says... Um, you must decide in your heart what you're going to give because God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. And I'm telling you, most of my life, I heard that scripture and I felt guilty. I felt like, well, the Lord only wants me to give this cheerfully. But the thing is, is I don't have enough money to give. Like this is a huge sacrifice for me. And this is a real problem, honestly, because I have these bills that I have to pay. And, you know, I mean, it can be a real struggle to give cheerfully, but I don't, I, I don't think that that was like, we know the heart of God and he is never pointing a finger at us and telling us that you better do it and you better do it this way. Like that's just not who he is. Right. And so I started realizing like, he actually wants us to be excited when we give like, this yeah. is, this is actually a blessing for us, not mm-hmm. a something that is being forced on us. And um, as we were talking through that scripture, it was saying, you should do what you've decided in your heart. Like this is a conversation with God and then you can 
plan and prepare for this and be ready when it's time. Like you don't have to be caught off guard. You don't have to be at the end of the month going, God, I really want to give, or you ask me to pay for that person's coffee and I just don't have that money. You can be ready and prepared when he says it's time. And that changes the entire thing. And it's actually scriptural in second yeah. Corinthians two, what 16. Uh, Help me. I think so. It says, yeah. set aside money for safekeeping to give. Yep. The safekeeping is not from thieves. It's from us. Mm -hmm. Like we're the thieves. Good point. <laughs> if yeah. you think about it, it's like set it aside for safekeeping. I mean, this it's like such it's like a life hack of if I just set this money aside and it, it's never mine to spend on myself, then it's always there for someone else. When there's someone on the side of the road that needs a meal, you're ready to go. I mean, it's just, it makes it so fun. And then you're actually living out the blessing of what God had intended for you to do in the first place. Like, it's just, I, I mean, it's just such a wonderful way to live. I I really, really love that. And I really, you know, and I appreciate your authenticity there because I think a lot of people struggle with exactly what you were feeling there. Uh, they want to, but they're stressed or, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but having that money set aside really gives you the freedom to use it. Like there's so many, you know, rural disasters or the hurricanes, you know, yes. you want to help or donate. And um, yep. I know Compassion International, we've been working with them and they're talking about this massive world hunger um, problem that's going on. And just so, yeah, it's yeah. how nice to have that freedom to be able to yes. give when the opportunity yeah. comes up. Yeah. And it's the reference just to be clear is first Corinthians 16 two. Um, it's where Paul was talking about that for anybody who wants to dig in deeper. Yep. Oh, well, you know, I, I wanted to ask you one question that kind of came to my mind because uh, so our daughter Ashley's getting married this following week and, oh, you yeah. know, they she keeps asking me, you know, all these financial questions and this and that. And um, one thing like we we don't have credit cards, we just have a debit card. And I feel like something that comes up is what you said earlier, like, how do you establish credit if you don't? have a credit card is that mm -hmm. possible yeah so it is um i mean the the simple truth is that it's easier <laughs> like the system it's set up in a way that they want you to have credit cards and so it's easier to do it with a credit card but um you know any rent payments like if uh if she's in any kind of apartment or anything where she's renting she can ask the landlord or whoever to um to basically submit those to the credit reporting agencies. Um, that's one way, uh, anything, like I'm generally not um, an advocate for co-signing on stuff, but um, if the two of you were co-signing on a car loan or something like that, like that's something, um, or that could be in her own name as well. But um, those are some, a couple different ways. Uh, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, there, there's a few others, but... Um, or yeah. could you Hopefully just could you just get a credit card but set up the automatic payments to only be absolutely the complete balance like so there's never yep. carrying over and charging interest yeah and there still are charge cards 
which um, have to be paid off each month and you can't carry a balance. Uh, and so that's one way as well to kind of establish some credit um, with not really nearly as much risk of getting yourself in big trouble because they will not let you carry a balance type of thing. They're harder to find, but um, I can point you to some links um, of some that I'm aware of later if you'd like. Okay, that'd be awesome. Well, overall, what's your goal in putting this book out? And what, what would you hope would be the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, um, I think, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, you know, like there's just a lot of, I think, confusion in the church about money. I think we've seen bad examples of money and the church or preachers in some instances going wrong. Um, and so it's easy to just like, I think, overswing and overcorrect and just uh, kind of get into this mindset of, well, no one should ever have any money. Let's just all be broke and let's just, you know, <laughs> and everything's be better that way. But like, I just don't see it that way. Like I, I see that we have the opportunity as stewards, as managers of the finances that God has entrusted us with, of which we all are, whether we have a lot or a little, like we still have a responsibility to manage mm -hmm. it well. And, you know, when I look at the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, um, we see these two guys who took what they were entrusted with and did something with it, multiplied it, made it more, and then they were entrusted with even more. And I have just observed that to be true, that when we take what we have, uh, you know, use it wisely and use it to honor God, um, that he trusts us with more. And what's cool about that is, now we just get to have more of an impact and it's not just about so we can whatever buy a bigger buy or build a bigger house or fill up our bank accounts or whatever it's not about that but it's about god being able to work through us to impact the world around us in a bigger way yeah like i want to keep writing bigger and bigger checks to compassion international mm -hmm. that i send i want right. to be able to buy cars for people and send them to them i want to be like i want to be doing stuff with more zeros on the end of it and Anyway, so that's why I'm interested in managing my money well. That's why I'm interested mm -hmm. in growing my income. It's not just for me, but it's like I want God to use me and to work through me more. And so that's our encouragement. That's what we're trying to help people um, in the book do. It's like yeah. make the most of what God has entrusted you with so that you can have a bigger impact. Because yeah. we can use our dollars to rob hell. And we can use our dollars to really make a dent on this earth while we're here. And yeah, that's our passion. Yeah. And I mean, I would add to that just, you know, not everyone is is called to be a financial guru like Bob. <laughs> a financial expert. Or or that's not every but that's not supposed to be everybody's passion. I don't believe. Like I think he gives us all different things uh to be passionate about. And so uh, with the book, it's like we're we want to make it as simple as possible so that you can figure out the thing that maybe is stressing you out already because you already have to think about it one way or another. Let's spend your time on it wisely instead of poorly, right? So that you can figure out what you need to do so that you can actually have the bandwidth, have the finances, the funds and whatever to do what God is asking you to do. Yeah. So if he needs you to be a missionary to Africa, we don't want you not going there because you can't afford to go. Like, we just want you there. So it's like, yep. you don't have to, uh, you know, work on Wall Street in order to figure out how to get there. We just want you to be able to have a simple system that you can run yourself easily so that you can 
do what God has for you to do. Yeah. I mean, and, and just getting out of debt and like being able to take care of your family and being able to go on vacation once in a while. Cause I know there's a lot of people listening. It's like, I just would love to do that, you know, <laughs> cause it's easy. Like when you're in those really tight times, it's like, that is my number one priority. And then giving comes next. I mean, I always love to argue that I think we should start with giving, yes. but either way, it's like God cares about those things. Like God right. doesn't want us to, you know, not be able to take care of a family. Like it's very scriptural that we do that. And he's not yeah. a big fan of debt. And so of course, yes, he wants us out of debt. And so we want to help people do all those things. Yeah. You know, one last thing here that I thought of is, do you find that like a lot of people start and then stop? Like they start doing it for a little bit, you know, being prudent and then they s stop or start again. Do you have any recommendations for? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a human nature component to that with with whatever it is, you know, uh, that requires some sort of ongoing maintenance. But um, part of what we have sought to do and what I because I know human nature because I, I have one and I, I, I you know, succumb <laughs> to the same mind too. <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of like what we talk about in part of the book is like automating things. And so making a decision one time to do X, Y, or to start saving for this, or to start paying more towards your debt or whatever, and make it automatic so that you don't have to carry the burden of continuing it. Yeah. Because this was another thing I discovered, like after looking at a lot of different financially successful people, it wasn't that they had more willpower than you and I, it wasn't that they were smarter than you and I, it was just that they made the important things automatic. And so that's so important to figure out what those most important pieces are of your financial life. And to make that decision one time, make it automatic, and then you don't have to think about it. And then your willpower, you can be flaky and just, yeah. it continues to move forward. Yeah, because if you forget, or if yeah. you're like, oh, you know, it happens to all of us all the time. Oh, shoot. Uh, then you don't really have to, like, that just isn't an element of it anymore. So you don't have to be super smart. You just have to make one good decision one time, and then it sets you up for success. It's yep. like, yeah. it's brilliant. And those apps really do help. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, how can people find out more information about you and your book and the app, sure. everything? Yeah. So uh, seedtime.com is our main website. It's the main hub of it's everything. S-E-E-D-T-I-M-E.com. Yeah, like a seed you plant in the ground. Yep. And um, so, yeah, book, you can find Amazon or wherever else. Um, yeah, we're on YouTube. We uh, seed time money, and then we're we have a podcast, like a podcast seed yep. time money podcast as well. So yeah, come say hi. Send us a DM on Instagram. We're at seed time there. Yep. We'd love to say hi to anybody. Want to say hi, and we'll ha help any way we can. Oh, thank you so much. We will put all of those links down in our show notes. Before we go, I just want to ask you guys some of our favorite Bible study tool questions. Yeah. What is your go-to Bible, and what translation is it? So I got the She Reads Truth, right? Yeah. Bible. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's the one, right? And it's just really cute. Like, I just like it because it's cute. But it has really great, like, devotionals in there. And it talks about um, each chapter, not each chapter, each book of the Bible. And it gives you a context for it. Um, and then it also gives you, like, okay, go read this chapter and then go back and read these verses from, you know, different parts of the Bible. So I've really been loving that. And I think it's the Christian standard version. Is it? 
Yeah. yeah, I've I've really been loving that. Yeah, for me, I have a Bible that you bought me when we were dating. When we got engaged. engaged. Yes. Yeah. So she bought me a nice leather, black leather Bible. Um, that our I've son that. has actually eaten a couple pages out of. Oh, <laughs> he's devouring the word. <laughs> he was a top, what was he, like 10 months old like or something? A, yeah, something. So he oh, got a hold of my little. Bible, ripped out like two pages of Proverbs and started saying, Oh, we couldn't <laughs> find them. We were like, they're gone. Like, they're gone. He <laughs> did, he, did he suddenly become much wiser? <laughs> no, this oh. is what's so funny. His name actually means wise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like. How, how I don't know, serendipitous is that or something oh. that God did that. But, um, oh, that's so cute. How so, about... yeah, so that Bible is uh, NASB. I I think I like, I don't know, I find myself going to New Living Translation a lot. I love the passion, too. Passion as a paraphrase, yeah, right. I think is great. great. I, I also like the Amplified just because there's so much in there. You know, so, we like anyway. them all. Oh, Every version. Oh, they're so great. Okay, awesome. Well, how about do you have any favorite journaling supplies or anything like that that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? Journaling supplies. So this is actually one thing that I just realized, and I don't know why it took me this long. Um, I was going to our church had a conference, and I was going there, and I was trying to figure out what notebook to use, which I know is funny. But I was like, well, this one was my work notebook and this one is my journal. And I was like, because I've been trying to journal every day. And I was like, I guess it makes more sense to take the journal. And then I, it was like the lights went on for me. And I thought, what if I journaled kind of what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me through them talking instead of just taking notes of what they were saying? Yeah. And it changed everything for me. It was like, oh, I don't actually have to write down exactly what they say. I don't have to write down every scripture reference. So that, cause I never go back to those anyway, but like writing down what the Holy Spirit is kind of speaking to me through that yeah. was like a huge game changer. So that, that's my- oh, I love that. Right? It's a great conference tip, right? Why oh. did I not ever think of that before? Yeah. It seems so simple, doesn't it? No, I think it's a great idea. Um, so mine is gonna be super practical. I have two pens that I really, really love. <laughs> Um, this is a Baron Fig Squire pen, which is stupid expensive. This is a good gift. It's a $50 Ooh, pen, right? but I really like it's it. It's a good pen. And then this other pen is called the Space Pen. Um, That's <laughs> what the astronauts use. It literally, oh. they designed it in the 50s or 60s for the space, I guess 60s for the space program. Uh, because apparently normal pens don't work in space. And so they needed one that would work in space. Mm. So it was designed for that. This one's a lot cheaper, but I just like the way it writes. Um, and this one, I think, is like fifteen or twenty dollars or something. But there you go. Wow, those are really cool. Have not heard those before. Yeah, I'm sure. It makes <laughs> we sense. Will, we will try to put the links in the show notes on that. Um, how about lastly, what is your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? I mean, I I know this is probably everybody says this, but I really love the Bible app. Like, I, I love that they have different Bible studies on there that you can just quick quickly look through. But also, I love that the whole Bible is on there in so many different versions that you can quickly, like, just switch your version and see the exact same verse in different things. I mean, I just find myself using that a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we have you? a bunch of Bible studies on there too. There if anybody's curious, you can search for us on there. Um, so I would say for me, I, I'm really loving the Dwell app. 
I'm sure someone's mentioned that before. I really like that. And then um, Blue Letter Bible um, feels kind of dated, but it's just it can do a lot of cool stuff in terms of digging down sure can. to the meaning of words. And so I like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, great suggestions. Well, Bob and Linda, thank you so much for being here today to share yeah. your advice on getting a handle on our finances. We just appreciate that so much. And for our listeners, pick up a copy of Bob and Linda's book, Simple Money, Rich Life. You can find the link in our show notes. Also, be sure to head over to our blog where you can share your comments with us on this podcast. Lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.